Welcome to this podcast of sermons at CUNY United Methodist Church. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 14th chapter. That triggered a response from one of the guests. How fortunate the one who gets to eat dinner in God's kingdom. Jesus followed up. Yes, for there was once a man who threw a great party and invited many. When it was time for dinner, he set out his servant to the invited guests, saying, Come in, the food is on the table. Then they all began to beg off, one after another making excuses. The first said, I bought a piece of property and need to look it over. Send my regrets. Another said, I just bought five team of oxen and I need to go check them out. Send my regrets. And yet another, I just got married and need to get home to my wife. The servant went back to the, and told the master what had happened. He was outraged and told the servant, quickly, get out into the city streets and alleys, collect all who look like they need a square meal, all the misfits and homeless and down and out you can lay your hands on and bring them here. The servant reported back, Master, I did what you have commanded, and there's still room. The master said, Then go to the country roads. Whoever you find, drag them in. I want my house full. Let me tell you, not one of those originally invited is going to get so much as a bite at my dinner party. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, this week, my son Xavier took the PSAT, and it made me remember those times when I had to take tests like that. And you know, um, so this might be uncommon, but I really liked them, because they were kind of exciting, like a puzzle, and you had to figure it out, and they tried to trick you, so you could, you know, figure out what they were up to, and you, you know, were looking for the right answer. I loved figuring out the right answer. It was my favorite part of school. Well, in the Gospels, there's a lot of teaching and a lot of learning. We get to watch in as Jesus is teaching others. And Jesus clearly had a goal with his teaching. He had some lesson objectives in mind. But it doesn't appear that right answers were what he was going for. That he was looking for something a little more transformative. So in the Gospels, we have lots of stories of people getting it wrong and then Jesus correcting. Last week, a person said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? And Jesus took that question and transformed it to who became a neighbor. It's a powerful way to learn. To make a mistake, to be, sh- to be corrected, and then to try again. At my daughter's school, they talk about the learning method as inquiry and then risk-taking and then reflection. And that seems to be the way that Jesus taught. And today, Jesus is teaching about invitation and response. A person made a mistake, and then Jesus corrected, instructed with a story. This This happened in Luke chapter 14, and it starts at the very beginning of Luke chapter 14. Jesus says he's on his, or in this, at Luke chapter 14, Jesus is on his way from from Galilee to Jerusalem, where he will be tried and convicted and executed and then rise from the dead. And he is invited to a dinner party at a Pharisee's house, we're told, on the Sabbath. 
And it's not just any Pharisee, it's the leader of the Pharisees. And we are told in the gospel that they were watching him closely. Well, it seems like Jesus was watching them closely, too. Because people were taking places of honor at the table. They don't say what that is. Maybe that's sitting at the head of the table or sitting next to the important people. Whatever it was, people were taking places of honor. And Jesus said, don't do that. And it seems, sounds like this is one of those dinner parties, you know, where the right person invites all the right people. And it's catered and extravagant and wonderful. And everyone, you know, is trying to do the right thing while also pretending that they're totally comfortable and easygoing. And then the next week, another right person gives a fabulous dinner party and invites all the right people. And and off they go. This was a norm at Jesus' time, of people of a certain social class. We still do that today, the right people inviting the right people to dinner parties. Well, I think it happens because the truth is I've not think I've been invited to one of those parties. But I've seen them on TV, so I think they're real. <laughs> and Jesus said, when you get invited to a party, don't show off your standing. Don't show off your standing by inviting only the right people. Don't take the place of honor, and don't invite people who can invite you back. That's kind of the definition of not the right people, the people who cannot invite you back. And then someone pipes up. How fortunate the one who gets to eat dinner in God's kingdom. Oh, that's a right answer if I ever heard one. How fortunate the one who gets to eat dinner in God's kingdom. That is sound doctrine. And Jesus was not impressed. It, the doctrine is good. The discipleship could use some work. So Jesus keeps teaching. He tells a story that Lynette shared with us. A person gives a party... And it's one of those parties where it's a right person and it's catered and it's extravagant. But this time something is different. The whole town is invited. Everyone's invited. And when everything is all ready, they send their servants out to announce to everyone it's ready. You know, this was before cell phones and alarm clocks and stuff. And so that's how they let people know it was time. They sent the servants out. And now people start begging off. I bought a field. I have to go check it out. I bought five yoke of oxen. I have to go check them out. <laughs> Whoopsies, I just got married. <laughs> Better go take care of business. The people in Jesus' time who heard that story at that dinner would have heard those as ridiculous excuses. No one buys land without checking it out first. No one buys oxen without checking them out first. Nobody, oops, forgot. Time to get married. <laughs> At least not in those circles. Have you ever heard a ridiculous reason why someone canceled? Or have you ever given a ridiculous answer to get out of doing something? I remember once in high school, I think, I can't remember what I was getting out of, but I said, oh, I have to wash my hair. <laughs> I mean, we're familiar with ridiculous excuses. 
Although these ridiculous excuses were probably not an excuse I would ever give. They're more like, oh, you know, I just, I just had my people buy me a Corvette, and I forgot what color I ordered this one in, so I need to go check it out. Or I just bought, I just bought some land up in the mountains. It's just, you know, a little modest cabin. This one only sleeps 12, and I should really go take a look at it. Or Taylor Swift just called, wants to meet for coffee and get some advice for me, and I don't want to be rude to Taylor. That's more like what these excuses were. Let's make sure everybody knows that I'm a right person. These were people invited to the party, and they refused because they didn't like who else was invited. They didn't want to go to a party with the riffraff. And then the host's response. The host's invitation was different, invited everyone. And then the host's response is different. Instead of making sure all the right people are invited, the host says what their goal is. I want my house filled. So keep going. Keep inviting. I want my house filled. Go to the poor. Go to the misfits. Go to the homeless. Go to the down and out. Maybe they didn't realize with the first invitation that they were actually invited. We heard a great, I would be confused. That's not the kind of parties I get invited to. And they had to hear it twice to believe it was real. And then the house still wasn't full. Go out to the country, to the highways and the byways, and whoever you find, bring them in. Actually, a better translation is drag them in. So that sounds kind of aggressive. Until we remember that this is the invitation to the table in God's kingdom. And sometimes God's invitation feels polite. And sometimes it feels a little bit more like God is dragging you to the table. Nadia Boltz-Weber tells a great uh, story of her own journey from addiction and self-destruction to a life of faith and ministry. And she says, I was on this path, and I was, I was staying on this path of self-destruction and addiction, and God just picked me up, kicking and screaming, and said, oh, aren't you adorable? Let's just put you over here. This next image is a, a print by Fritz Eichenberg called The Lord's Supper. And there are some misfits there. So everyone was invited. The whole town, everyone was invited. Some refused because they thought it wasn't good enough. Some came freely. And some were drug in. So which one are you? Are you one who's refused? Maybe you refused because you thought the kingdom wasn't good enough or relevant enough. Or you thought you weren't good enough. That invitation couldn't possibly be for you. Every time we let things get in the way of accepting God's invitation, we are refusing when we let possessions get in the way or career 
or ladder climbing or busyness or preoccupation or self-doubt. We're letting things get in the way of accepting God's invitation. Have you ever come freely to the table? When you hear that invitation of God and you are just overwhelmed that, that it is, you know how, that it is undeserved, and yet there it is, and God wants you, that God dreamed of you for a 100,000 years, and God wants you, and you go freely, saying, Lord, here am I. And have there been times when you were drug, when you were drug into the kingdom, kicking and screaming while God says to you, oh, aren't you adorable? Let's just put you here. I like to think that I came freely. And there have been times when I have been overwhelmed by the generosity of God. And I have come freely. And there are other times when I, it felt a lot more like being drugged. And there are times, if I'm honest, when I refused. When I refused because I thought, that's not for me. That's not relevant for me. I don't fit. Every one of us, all of us, have been invited to God's kingdom. And the host wants the house filled. So Jesus was teaching. It started with the mistake. Oh, how fortunate the one who eats dinner at God's kingdom. And Jesus says, oh, oh, you think you're going to accept the invitation because you think only the right people are going to be invited, only the righteous like you. And then Jesus corrected. Invitations for everyone. It's for everyone. And now how will you respond? And God is still inviting all of us. And how will you respond? At the beginning of worship, we talked about that we gather to make disciples. We gather to grow in this life of following Christ and growing in a life of modeling our lives after Christ. And we do that with daily spiritual practices, with Bible study and Bible reading, with gathering for Sunday worship, with small group and community, and a life of generosity and service. Discipleship takes seriously that every one of us has been called to ministry, not just the fancy ones who get the mic, but that all of us have been called to ministry, that every one of us has unique and powerful gifts, and that we are called to serve in God's kingdom and serve through the church. And this morning, we get to hear the story of one of God's ministers, Kathy. So, Kathy, how long have you been part of this church? It's been about 30 years. So she knows things. And you currently serve as treasurer and on leadership team. 
which is wonderful, which was a big transition because the previous person who served as treasurer was over 20 years. So that was a big shift taking on. When you've done things 20 years, you kind of forget all the little pieces and sharing it with a new person. Um, so how in your life, how did you first hear about Christ and what was your initial response? Well, when I was growing up, my parents um, didn't take us to church, but um, they did instill a basic belief in God. Um, we were involved in Masonic organizations. My dad was, um, he was a member of the Scottish Rite and the El Cora Shrine. My mom was an Eastern Star and um, ladies of the Oriental Shrine. And my sisters and I uh, were in Job's Daughters. So we did, um, we knew who, what God was and we knew how to pray. We said grace at the table. We knew the Lord's Prayer by heart, but I just didn't have Jesus in my heart. And um, my dad died when I was about 30 years old, and I had a lot of questions about that. And that was when I um, sought out church in Pocatello. That was at the Congregational Church. And um, what I found um, were the answers to my question, um, to a lot of questions. I'm still seeking answers to my questions, but I, I found those in the teachings of Jesus, and I have found such relief and comfort by having Jesus in my heart. And still to this day, when I have a question, I ask myself, well, what would Jesus do? And then I have the answer. And sometimes I actually do what Jesus would do. <laughs> so, so for you, was following Christ, was there like a moment or was it more of just kind of a gradual following? I would definitely say there was a moment because I was baptized as an adult. Um, and... Um, the understanding just grows and grows. So I think, um, you know, I've, I've been blessed in my small group, and we recently did a, a study on the parables of Jesus, and I have found so much insight just by doing that study. And so it's, it's been a blessing to me. So why do you belong to this church? Well, I think size is, uh, was a factor because the church I was baptized in and first um, worshipped in was about this size. And um, my sister is from CUNA, so I came to worship with her and to sing in the choir with her, and now she's not coming, but here I am. <laughs> here I am, Lord. So what do you think God is teaching you about discipleship right now in your life? Well, God is teaching me about discipleship through Jesus' teachings. And um, so I'm, I'm listening the best that I can um, to hear what my mission is, um, to hear what my calling is. Um, so I, I do what is needed 
I try and do what is needed. So I'm in the choir. I love being part of our choir. It's, you know, piecing together a piece of music and then uh, presenting it to the congregation um, gives me a lot of pleasure and um, we make a joyful noise. And the, the camaraderie is, um, it's really nice. And even if I'm not gonna be here on the following Sunday, I come to choir because it's my therapy. <laughs> Thank you so much. What a blessing to have you. Everyone is invited to the table. It's been said that the smallest step of obedience is greater than the largest intention. You know, that one bothers me. Uh, what is it? It pokes me in all the places I probably should be poked. And so when we, when we gather, um, we follow that ancient, that ancient pattern of gathering for worship, hearing the word proclaimed, responding, and being transformed and then being sent. This is about that being sent part. And every one of us is invited to the table as we make discipleship practices a priority. So that can be joining a small group. We still have some openings in our small groups, and you can sign up at the back table there. It can be by personal reading and, and study of Scripture or by joining a Bible study. We're starting a Bible study tomorrow. We're going to be doing Monday evenings um, at 6.30 here. It could be membership. If you are not currently a member of this church and if you are feeling like, like you are ready for that next step of claiming your belonging here, um, stay tuned. In the coming weeks, we're going to be doing membership classes where you can make that profession of faith in this church. And you are invited to come to the table as you make giving a priority. This church exists on the giving of those of us who show up. We are very fortunate that we carry no debt. We own this church and this property uh, free and clear, a gift from those who came before us. And there is no treasure buried in the basement. We've checked, right? There's no treasure buried in the, okay, there's no treasure buried in the basement. We, we exist totally on the giving of our members. And so whether you give $1 or $1,000, whether you give electronically, like using automatic bank withdrawal like I do, or you give uh, bringing your gift um, every Sunday for the box, thank you for your generosity. And thank you to the ones who will begin their generosity. And you are invited to come to the table as you make ministry a priority. Next week, um, you'll have an invitation to serve. Um, we call it stewardship of time. Looking at all the different ways that this church um, is cared for uh, by, by this community both internally and the way that we serve externally. And God has gifted every single one of us with unique and powerful gifts. And then God has brought us together with something in mind for the gifts that we all bring. And so be praying about the gift of time that God has given you and stay tuned for next week. Would you pray with me? 
Lord God, your invitation is clear. And yet we can be confused because we're just not sure it's meant for us or meant for people who are different than us. Lord, invite us again. Send your servants out again to invite us. Send us, your servants, out to invite others until your house is filled. Lord, grow us in discipleship. We pray this all in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast is preached almost always by our pastor, Reverend Mia Crosswaite. CUNY United Methodist Church is a community on a mission to make disciples for the transformation of the world. To support this podcast and the missional priorities of this church, go to cunaumc.org and click on Give. Any amount helps. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you things. Thank you.